In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending January the 8th, Florida is hosting this year's annual Farm Bureau Convention and Idea Ag Trade Show as it's all taking place in Orlando. Agnet Media's Gary Cooper caught up with Florida Farm Bureau President John Hoblick and they discussed the event. John, uh, you've got the American Farm Bureau Federation Convention, one of the biggest ag conventions in the land. Tell us a little about it and welcome our folks uh, in Georgia and Alabama listeners and our California listeners on Agnet West to the Sunshine State. Well, thank you, Gary. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to host this convention this year. Uh, it's an opportunity for Florida to get out there and really showcase what our agriculture is all about here in Florida. And even our tours, we've had 10 different tours that are set up, are all sold out now, which is exciting that uh, we've got several hundred people going to be across the state to look at our agriculture. It's exciting. That's really cool. How many uh, folks do you expect? I guess pretty much get a delegation from the continental and maybe a few from Hawaii as well, don't you? Well, we do, and we also get international visitors as well. Those that are on the trade issues, we have a little bit of a trade conference as well in there, uh, and we'll have some other host countries. Canada, for, for one, is is hosting a real nice dinner for us. But, yeah, we're going to expect about 8,000 people at convention this year. Orlando Convention Center is very capable of handling everybody, and I think it's going to be a pretty good and exciting convention. To hear more of that interview and learn about the annual Farm Bureau Convention, just go to our website at southeastagnet.com. Well, the latest peanut stocks and processing report came out this past week, and it indicates a pretty sizable increase in peanut stocks. Tyron Spearman has the numbers. USDA's peanut stocks and processing report, which comes out each month, has been released for the month of November, the fourth month of the marketing year. Peanut stocks and commercial storage right now is 5.06 billion pounds. Uh, that compares to 4.72 billion pounds last year on this date, and that's up 7.2%. That total includes 4.34 billion pounds of farmer stock peanuts, and that's 11% more than last year. Shell peanuts on hand, 579 million pounds. That's actually down 11.2%, and roasted stocks are up 9.6%. Total peanut stock right now, 579 million pounds. That's up about 11.2% over last year. In December, they had 19.3% more peanut shell than last year. And commercial processors used 179 million pounds. That's 1.7% more than last year. The big news in the uh, report is the government purchases. The government's been trying to get the uh, farmers get rid of the peanuts that they produce excess this year. Uh, the November purchases were 3.32 million pounds of peanut butter. That is up 73.7% compared to last year. So the government is doing its part. Overall now, we're showing for the year candy usage down 6.3%. Peanut snacks up 21.8%. Peanut butter down 5.2%. And edible peanuts overall up 1%. They said the in-shell market is also very bright after a November jump of 25%. They're up about 2% for the year. If farmers continue to increase production, the market must increase at a faster rate or the government purchases will not continue to rise and that will increase the cost of the peanut program. The government is doing its share up 74% over last year in the buying of peanut and peanut butter for nutrition programs. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. 
Well, climate change is an issue we hear about quite frequently, and according to Dr. William Puckett, Executive Director of the Alabama Soil and Water Conservation Committee, it's one they've had discussions about, especially during the Alabama Association of Conservation Districts meeting that was held just a few weeks ago. It's one of those things that sometimes, you know, we really need to discuss, and we talked about uh, climate variability and its impacts that it'll have on our agricultural production here in the state, and we had a, a gentleman named Steve McNulty who came out of North Carolina. He was there with USDA, and he did an outstanding job of talking about how climate changes and how what farmers and the people who grow trees and cattle, what they can do to make their farms more resilient to the impacts of climate. And he really talked a lot about drought. And you know, the most important key to getting your your operation where it's kind of resistant or at least a little resilient to these climate changes is to manage organic matter in your soil. And trying to keep that organic matter up and improve your soil health is extremely key to uh, these climate changes that we seem to be going through here recently. Dr. Puckett said it all comes back to soil health, something they continue to promote with landowners across the state. To learn more about any of this, just contact your local USDA service center. Well, while many farmers may be interested in using unmanned aircraft systems, Kathy Isom explains how some of the new rules are keeping the latest technology for the farm on the ground. Farmers interested in using unmanned aircraft systems, also known as UAS or drones, will have to wait a little longer despite the Federal Aviation Administration's recent announcement of web-based aircraft registration for drone technology. Alabama Farmers Federation's Carla Hornady said the rule only applies to hobbyists and for recreational drone use. She was encouraged, calling it a step in the right direction, but she said the largest beneficiary from UAS technology, the business sector, is stalled on the ground. The new registration rule applies to UAS weighing up to 55 pounds, including payloads such as onboard cameras. The registration process may clear the way for drones to be used for agricultural use in the future, but for now the technology remains banned for most commercial uses. Few Alabama farmers have touched the control sticks due to the FAA's usage limits. Under the rule, any owner of a small UAS who operated a model aircraft prior to December 21st must register no later than this February, and owners of any UAS purchased after December 21st must register before the first flight outdoors. The FAA is developing enhancements that should allow for business registrations by the spring. I'm Kathy Asim, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner talks about requiring agriculture education and training in high schools. Now, this may not sound like an important question, but it is. Does the high school in the county where you live support agricultural education? I'm speaking of more than FFA and 4-H. Is there anything like animal science, horticulture, or management? This may sound like an unimportant question, but it is more important with each coming generation, even now. Feeding people is referred to as food science, not just food production. As food science progresses, it requires more education to manage it. In today's world, 81% of the jobs in agriculture require more than a high school education. Almost half require a bachelor's degree. You don't get this in FFA and 4-H. So again, does your high school support and teach agricultural education? If not, It could be depriving them of a proper education that will be their future. High school is more than math, English, and social studies, and that's Ag Review for today. Every Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.